Take a deep breath, take the higher road That's what they always say, as if they know the way They won't take it from me But don't ever doubt yourself, it's life ain't just a dream You make your own, so kick and scream The people will like with a never-ending force You never had the chance, so what you waiting for? The day has come, my friend, cause this is war Hello. So you guys have heard my story of my nurse whistleblower uh, throughout this past year. I think I'll be celebrating one year of going from bedside nurse, whistleblower to radio host. So I think I'm kind of starting to find my footing on it. But guys, you know my story. You know the hell that I've been through. Well, let me tell you, that is nothing compared to to my next guest on on the show today. Uh, she I have been following her and her fight for, I want to say since 2020, but maybe it was 2021 um, from a Canadian frontline nurses on Instagram. And I am just going to tell you a little bit about her. Um, it's Sarah Shajunian. And she was one of the first nurses to speak up against the lockdowns in Canada in October of 2020. She was fired, put under five investigations by the College of Nursing, was defamed internationally by the media, has received countless death threats, and even had the Royal Canadian Mounted Police show up at her door. She is the co-founder of Canadian Frontline Nurses and proudly advocate, advocates for medical freedom. She is also the founder of Lighting Up Dark Corners, an organization aimed at empowering people to heal and rise above their mental health issues by going to the root cause of the problem instead of numbing them with drugs and or prescription medications. So today on Nurses Out Loud, you are going to hear her disciplinary hearing, um, and we'll, we'll talk a little bit about what, what's going on with that because it's still active, um, her organization Lighting Up Dark Corners, and gender dysphoria. I want to I repeat this because I'm going to repeat this several times throughout the show, and you can also go to the show description on americaoutloud.news forward slash nurses out loud to get the article that I'll write up on this story. Um, but to donate to her, you can go to Sarah S A R A H S. Oh, sorry. That's not it. Um, you yes, to follow her court case. So, um, Sarah S A R. No, I'm sorry, guys. I'm looking at this wrong. GiveSendGo.com forward slash SOS underscore F-O-R underscore Sarah. S-A-R-A-H. Welcome, Sarah. Thank you so much for joining me. 
Thank you so much for having me. Great introduction. Thank you. Yes. Yeah. No, I mean, I, I really wanted to have some time alone with you uh, prior so we can really talk, but we'll do that. We'll do that later. Um, for right now, I just want our listeners to know, I'll tell you uh, briefly, when COVID happened, I was in the middle of watching The Handmaiden's Tale. Okay. And okay. I thought... Canada is where we're going to go. Canada is our, you know, is our people from the North and that's where we're going to escape all the tyranny that's going to come to America. But my goodness, you guys were absolutely ridiculous. We're all escaping to the States. (laughs) You're coming down here. huh? (laughs) That's what's happening. Like literally. Really? Tell me about that. We have quite a few people that, that left that are leaving, like people that like me are aware of what's happening. They're just, they're still leaving like from the beginning, some go to like other places like Nicaragua or, mm-hmm. you know, um, but a lot of people are going to like Texas or Florida. Okay. Um, back and forth and back and forth if they don't have their papers. So yeah. Right. Yeah. Or they're running away. Well, you're, it's interesting. You say that like Arizona, Texas, Florida, the, those are the States that the people in California and Washington, New York, Chicago, right? They're they're all fleeing to those states as well. Uh, we, we notice what's happening. And but I want to ask you, October of 2020, you had the guts and the grit and the courage to speak up out loud without really knowing. I mean, tell me about that. Talk to me about that, because I knew immediately I had discernment in February of 2020 to pay attention to what was going on, you know, and it took me until August of 2021 to really shout from the rooftop, well, to record. I, I decided to record what was happening in the hospital and release it. I was speaking loud on Facebook. So tell me right. about tell me about that. Were you speaking loud on social media and at work as well? Well, I I knew right from the beginning, I worked in a nursing home for most of my career. And when you work in a nursing home, you know, the government does not care about these people. It's literally all about profit, like give them the cheapest food possible and push as many meds as possible. Mm -hmm. So and here in Canada, like literally prisoners get more money for food as a daily allowance from the government than people in nursing homes do. So when the government said that they were going to shut down the entire economy for these same people, like a huge red flag went up in my head. And I was already doubting the industry because I was diagnosed with fibromyalgia in 2017. And I kind of healed myself when the medical industry says it's kind of like a long-term disability and they give you Band-Aid medications. And so I had already kind of lost a lot of respect and faith into in the system. Mm-hmm. So it, it was like right away, I was like awake and new. But yeah, it was scary. Like I, I was chief steward where I worked of the union. Um, so I was already very vocal. And I came the first day and I thought everybody would think like, this is a joke. And right. it was like, no, no, everyone was like, Sarah, don't start with this. Because I was always known to be like the big mouth at work, like, this is not fair. We're not doing this. Right. (laughs) Um, So I called the union and I was like, hey, you know, what are we going to do about this? They're taking away my residence rights and they're taking away our rights. And 
the union kind of turned around and was like, Sarah, don't you care about your residents? And yeah. I was like, oh, oh my God. And so I was, I got scared. I'm a single mom of three, uh, lots of debt. Um, you know, people don't realize, but if you worked in a nursing home, you can go to any of your other jobs. So I can go to my second job. Um, and I was scared. Yeah. Uh, you know, and so I stayed quiet for a little bit and I started seeing my residents deteriorate. Um, I had a resident that died of a heart attack within one week. And she was like the kind of resident people are like, oh, Sarah, you don't know. Maybe it's a coincidence. Like, come on. She was the kind of resident that I came in in the morning and I would have to call her daughter right away to know exactly what time she was going to be there. Mm -hmm. Because every five minutes, her mom was going to ask me where her daughter was. And this lady had heart problems, arrhythmias and anxiety issues. Mm -hmm. uh, and if her daughter was like two minutes late, she was like in a panic, like, oh, my God, she probably died. And, you know, mm -hmm. she had language barriers like what these people did not understand what happened as she died within a week of the lockdowns, within a week of them shutting down wow. the nursing homes. Um, and then like nursing homes is the last stop for people. They lost everything already. The only thing they have is their families coming in. And when you see their loved ones come in, they come to life. Yeah. And so you take that away. There's not that much to live for. And some of our residents don't even eat from us. They would only eat from their family members. So what happens to those residents? Well, it's called, you know, failure to thrive. Yeah. And so they let themselves go and they die and they were dying alone. Yes. Um, it was just disgusting. Like if the family could come in, it was like 15 minutes before or and it was like five minutes each like family member, not at the same time, all gowned up like masks, gloves, like the resident has no idea at this point who this is or anyways, they're kind of dying. So they're unconscious. Like it was just disgusting. Yeah. And to top it all off, um, you know, we had to get tested. And in my nursing home, three housekeeping staff tested positive, no symptoms whatsoever, but they shut down the entire building. So now these people that are already secluded from their families and their loved ones have to stay in their rooms for 14 days until everyone tests negative again. And so that's even more detrimental. And what do they do when people didn't want to stay in their room? They're said to have behaviors and they were sedating them. Yes. You know, taking away walkers if you're trying to walk in the hallway. And so these people lose the ability to walk. They're alone in their rooms at risk for falls. Like nothing makes sense. We even had to, they were making us regown. So, you know, protective personal equipment. Yeah. Like they were telling us we don't have enough gowns. So make sure to like. You know how when you get gowned up, you have to take it off upside down, not touch the outside and put it in a box and never touch it again. Well, now it was like, take it off, hang it up and put it back on. And I was like, <laughs> I know. nothing makes sense just to say. So anyways, it became like too much for me. My mental health was deteriorating big time because I had done a lot of healing work. Um, before the pandemic and I healed, I have a lot of trauma in my childhood and my past and I healed because I was able to stand in my truth and look at what had happened to me and put the blame where it belonged and, you know, always stay aligned, like with myself, like getting to know myself and really staying aligned. And here I was holding back, knowing, holding my truth and not or speaking the truth, out. Or, or the truth. You know, I hear, yes, I hear yes, people the say truth. that the truth. Yes. Yes. That's right. And so I started deteriorating a lot and I, it became to the point where I was like, you know what? 
And I was waiting, like, is someone going to speak out? Because I was like, they're going to kill me. Like, it's scary stuff. There was no one. I was like, literally the first active nurse to speak at a rally here in Canada. And I formed Nurses Against Lockdowns when I did it, which kind of merged into Canadian Frontline Nurses. But um, it was really scary. But it came to the point where I was like, you know what? I don't want to live a lie. Like, I did this work for a reason. And I'm not, maybe I'm the one that's supposed to speak up. So Mm-hmm. I actually was being investigated by my employer um, already when I spoke out because I had written stuff online mm-hmm. um, and they I was the union and they didn't want to tell me what I'm being investigated for. And I was like, this is so corrupt. Like, you have to tell me. They wouldn't tell me. And someone asked me to speak out if I wanted to speak out. And I was like, you know what? You're trying to shut me up. I'm going to get louder. And at this point, I'm thinking I'm the union steward. I know my rights. You can't fire me. Uh, But I spoke out and they fired me three days later. (laughs) They did. Yeah. And did you did you, you know, go after them or did you? Yeah, I tried. I I was alone at that time. So I didn't, um, you know, So I tried to go after them. They tried to give me a really bad settlement. And I was like, you know what? I'm coming back to sue you. I'm not signing this. Um, Unfortunately, so much happened after that. And I never kind of got back at them because they're kind of the small guys now. I have like this huge cage with a college. So it didn't really happen. But that's kind of how I spoke out. Well, I I commend you on that. And and I I love hearing that because, you know, people ask me, well, what made you do it? What made you do it? And I, and I was like, well, I mean, for me, I submitted to God and I was like, all right, Lord, just, just use me because this is also crazy. I just want to go hide in, in my room, go to work, come home, not talk to anybody about it, you know? Um, but what people need to realize too, is to get back or to find out what was it about you as a child or growing up? Did you have any adversity? Was there anything that you needed to overcome? Because you need to tap into that grit. And that's what you have. And that's what you resembled. And that's why you spoke out so much. And I think it was the same for me, because I had been through so much in my life. I too was a single mom and I was a 16 year old mom with two babies and, you know, blah, 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 that I thought I'm not, you're surely not shutting me up for this. I know what I'm made of. And, and I don't care if you're going to take away my six figure job because I'll figure it out, you know? And so that's how you felt about it. And, and and I agree with that. I mean, yeah, commend you so much for that. But okay, so tell me what what's up with the board of nursing? Like, why are they coming after you? What are they trying to get you for? Okay, so the College of Nurses of Ontario. Um, so they came after me for the first. So I got fired, and then another nurse saw me that I spoke out. She reached out to me, and we kind of connected with Erin Marie, who you might know, and Nicole Suratek, who were yeah. some of the first nurses to speak out, and we founded Global Frontline Nurses. Anyways. Long story short, Del Bigtree and his assistant asked us if we wanted to speak in Washington, D.C. on a beautiful day of January 6, 2021. Um, and we were like, oh, yeah, lots of people to talk to. We're going to meet Del Bigtree. So we were really excited. And we went to speak at this health and um, 
and Freedom Summit. Um, mm-hmm. And it it was beside the Capitol, like a block beside. We didn't know anything political. We're just like super excited that we get to share our message. Um, and so it ended up that, yeah, it, it you know, it was uh, the insurrection and we were right beside it. And so we were kind of put into this, um, like we were like Trumpers and we were, so the news caught on to it. Wow. Uh, because we did a live when we were there. Me and Erin Marie went to look at what was happening at the Capitol and the other nurses kind of like left. But, you know, Erin is a vet and I'm kind of like streetwise. And I was right. like, well, let's go see what's going on. And she did a live. So we kind of got mixed up in all of this. When we came back to Canada, it was crazy. Some we were defamed, like we were in the front page, Washington Post, National Post here in Canada, like all at, like CP24 had like this us like every 30 minutes on the TV. Um, so and some were calling us domestic terrorists. Wow. So uh, we got a lot of death threats after that. An investigation came from the college. Um, that's when we had the RCMP. Uh, I think it's the equivalent of your FBI uh, come at our door. Mm. And yeah, lots of the death threats and stuff like that. So it was really scary. Um, So that's when the investigation, that's when the college started, like they already had, because they censored our nurses December 16, 2020, because they saw that some of us were speaking out and they were trying to say, don't do that. So they had to like, kind of make an example out of someone. And I'm, I was the first one. And so they came, they're coming after me with like 12 allegations of I also took did all this social media. Um, so it was then nurses against lockdowns, but kind of merged into Canadian frontline nurses. Um, so they took like posts and videos I shared. They took things from my first speech at 12 allegations. So basically I was saying that vaccines are not safe and effective. Um, you know, masks are not good for, for your health. Uh, the, the, testing is flawed it's not a diagnosis like you know all there's alternatives <laughs> yeah the truth yeah there's alternatives like i hadn't even met dr zelenko and he had healed like so many people yeah so uh they have these 12 allegations against me and it's so funny because all of them are known to be true today but they're going on the fact that i had no way of knowing back then and i went against their order yeah this is what the whole case is about and so it's supposed it was it started in march we're on like day 14 and there's five more days for sure maybe more um but it was supposed to be seven days our experts against theirs and it's it's a case that has precedent so it's if they're able to shut me down like there's a lot of money that went and this is a big case like i have right. ex my experts are really yeah and um so god i, I lost my three train of thought no um, with your case um seven days it was yeah basically. so mm-hmm. they're just extending it like are they're not qualifying fully qualifying my experts like one of my experts was cross-examined to see if he's qualified for 10 hours what yeah. And we, I like my other expert has tenure, meaning that he can never lose his title. He's up, up in a, a professor, a, a biggest expert on vaccination who loves vaccines and spoke out um, wow. like these are not OK. Um, so they're saying that he's not an expert either. Oh uh, well, they haven't They're We're going through the process right, right now. But right. the whole thing is that if they're able to censor me, then it kind of like I don't think any other nurses is going to get lawyers that will like there's like four hundred thousand dollars of hours in, 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 like involved yeah, in this. I know. Uh, I know. So it's a big case. And I don't think 
anyone else will do it. People are also scared, like still here. Mm-hmm. Um, so if I lose, then it's like, that's it. Nurses can no longer do like critical thinking. They yeah. can't be advocates for their patients. People can't have an informed consent. Like people have to mm-hmm. understand, like, I have no problem with you taking the vaccine, yeah. but uh, informed consent means that you know the risks, the benefits, you know the alternatives, you're allowed to ask questions, and you know how it functions, what it does in your body. And people don't have that information. Nope. So, you know, we won't be able to speak up and be the last line of defense uh, between mm-hmm. the medical industry and our and our patients. So it's a very important case. No, it's actually extremely important. So, and that's why I'm like curious because for me, I I blew the whistle on all of that as well. I've been speaking out and I spoke out. I released video footage, all of that about all those different topics that you said, the, the vaccine, et cetera. When I got my complaints, I had 18 complaints to my nursing license. The the Arizona State Board of Nursing ordered me to undergo an ethics evaluation. And under that um, is our ethical principles that we have to follow. And I sent that to you. I don't know if you had a chance to look at it, but essentially it was all the stuff that you just said. You have to have informed consent. You cannot be coerced, right? You, uh, all of that. So I'm curious to you, why didn't they say to you, like, because- if we notice safety signals, right? Doesn't have to be like, oh, this is a hundred percent true. We just have to believe that there is a patient safety issue for us to blow the whistle. Is not right. that not true for you? Well, yeah, I I thought it was. Um, you know, we the first thing we learn in nursing school is the eth- you know ethics. The right. you know we do the ethics class, and I remember learning that um and i saw it in a newer version um that you know when the medical industry turns against the people it's actually our responsibility to agitate and yes. advocate i'm quoting agitate and advocate for what is best for our communities so i did exactly what i was supposed to do when they're trying to punish me and that's one of the things people i don't even want my license honestly i'm done yeah. i'm doing lighting up their corners i don't want to be in that system anymore mm-hmm. i can't be a tool in this Mm-hmm. scandalous, corrupted, harmful monster of a system. Yeah. Uh, so I'm really doing it for, for others, for the future of our country. Uh, you know what I mean? But God, no, I know. I, I totally agree with you. I, and I, oh, understand. Yeah. Mm-hmm. so yeah, so I have to like, I, they're there to protect the public. That's their responsibility. And they didn't do it. They're coming after me. I am not backing down. Like I, like you I believe like this is like like God wants me to do this and I'm gonna do it Mm. Um, and I'm just gonna do what's right because there's no other way for me now like when I don't do what's right I I disalign with myself I don't I'm not well my mental health deteriorates and that like that's really important to me to do what's right and stand in truth so I love that you're let's talk a little bit about God for a second do you have a strong faith where are you a religious person? Like, talk to me about, talk to me about that. Well, funny story. I'm, I'm not religious. Mm-hmm. Um, my parents, I was raised as an atheist. Um, and I kind of became agnostic maybe in my thirties. 
Um, and then as I did my work, I started maybe 2018, um, you know, slowly I started considering, but when things happen and when I spoke out, it's crazy to say my whole life clicked. It all made sense. Every single thing I went through had a purpose for this part. Even my ego, like even the attention I didn't get as a child. So I always like fantasize about being a hero, even though I had kind of dealt with that, like all these things, like, you know, because I didn't have attention, I didn't mind getting negative attention or positive attention. Mm -hmm. So it kind of built me strong like that in my past, or, you know, I joined like a financial, you know, marketing uh, world financial group. And I started building my brokerage and there I learned about leadership and like, I read a lot of, so everything, like even yeah. the sexual abuse, like honestly, because I did my work and I started saying like, Oh, there's a lot of abuser at the top, like all kinds of everything just clicked. And I <laughs> felt God move through my body when I spoke mm-hmm. out. I don't really know how to say it. Sometimes I still think it sounds crazy, but since then, it's not. Mm-hmm. yeah, no, I know to, to us that, <laughs> Right. Yes. I guess to me, because I'm thinking of people that used to think like me and they're probably like, oh, my God, she's crazy. Right. Yeah. Um, but it just it couldn't be a coincidence. And since then, I'm very in, in tune even with that and signs and what I'm supposed to do. And, you know, mm-hmm. really connected. Yeah. Ah, I loved a girl. Girl, that's the same for me. I mean, yeah. I did grow up in church. I did hear scripture. I, I did know end times prophecy. My church always spoke on end times prophecy. Yes. And when I was about 13, 14, I, you know, got a fake ID, got pregnant at 16, blah, blah, blah. But when this happened and I found out that the planes were shutting down and we're going to do the two weeks to slow the spread and, and it, all of that, literally I looked up to him and I said, I'm supposed to pay attention to this part. Right. And through that was the discernment that came and just, you know, immersing myself in education and looking at data. I'm like looking at data 24 seven, I'm sleeping and eating COVID and, and all of that. Right. And, and then in June of 2020 is when I said, okay, I'm done. And then he was like, no, you're not right. Because I just wanted to get off of social media and everything. Yeah. And then I would get a response from somebody that says, thank you for uh, stepping up. I was going to kill myself. Like, you know, messages like that, yes. where I was like, yes. you know, he's like, no, 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 Jody, you're, you're not getting off of social media. And then, you know, here we are today. So I hear you, sis. I mean, it, yes. it, it, there was this piece, even though I was doing something so bold and crazy to most people, there was this piece like, well done, good and faithful servant. I will, I will guide you. And so now I'm like, Ooh, I'm doing everything to stay in his will. You know, yes. even when there's a tall, dark, handsome man come around me, I'm like, no, I'm not even looking at you. <laughs> yes. We will have to be married now. <laughs> wow. Yes. Yes. It kind of like aligns us in a lot of things. Yeah, absolutely. So on, on the second half, we're going to go to break. Um, but I do want to talk about what you're doing next. And I would like to touch on the gender tra- uh, dysphoria because that was very interesting to me to see that that was one of the talking points. And so guys, 
Go to americaoutloud.shop. We have so many amazing products for our family of sponsors on our show. One of them for us is ASEA. And ASEA is a redox signaling molecule. We um, now they're on our they're our official nurses out loud sponsor. And I just love the energy that it has given me and also the skincare. Uh, I started taking that about six weeks ago and I've seen a tremendous difference in my skin. And so go to americaoutloud.shop and we will be back with the warrior woman, Nurse Sarah, after the break. It's time and For 25 years, Global Healing has proudly produced the highest quality supplements and cleansing programs that are rooted in nature and backed by science. Get 15% off all of our products using code OUTLOUD. Global Healing, giving you the power to take control of your health naturally. This is Jody O'Malley with Nurses Out Loud. Did you know our body is made up of trillions of cells and inside each cell, redox signaling molecules are produced? These molecules hold a sacred place in chemistry because as we age, the vital communication of our immune system to keep our bodies free from harmful bacteria, viruses, and toxins become less efficient. For the first time ever, ASEA brings you the power of these molecules in a convenient and potent form to provide your body with the essential support it needs to thrive. Ever since I toured their facility, I take two ounces in the morning and evening, and my vitality and energy has been restored at a time I needed it the most. Go to americaoutloud.shop and get your exclusive 15% discount by using the code OUTLOUD. Changing the world one person at a time. Here, we take on the challenges of our generation so that we can preserve future generations. We know that if America fails, the world will fail. It is incumbent upon us to carry the torch for liberty. America Out Loud Talk Radio. It's a fight for the soul of humanity. Welcome back. You are listening to Nurses Out Loud, and we are on air five days a week on AmericaOutloud.news or on iHeartRadio at 10 a.m. Eastern Time and 11 p.m. for our Encore presentation. All of our shows go to podcasts. All right, Sarah, let's see. Where are we going to go from here, girl? Talk to me about your the organization. Lighting up dark corners? Lighting up well, dark corners. It's- It's kind of cool because when you do, so as I said, I did some healing work uh, beforehand. I joined, I did a support group and I, a few programs and I loved it so much. I became a facilitator uh, there. It was for um, sexual abuse survivors, like adult sexual abuse survivors. And I loved it so much. And as I said, um, I was also diagnosed with fibromyalgia and, you know, healed myself through uh, because fibromyalgia is all about toxicity. The medical industry won't tell you that, but it's all about your central nervous system is is too activated and you start having a lot of problems and it's a lot of exhaustion and body pain, nerve pain, uh, 
but every symptom that you can think of. And, you know, I had to do my own research because it took them two years to diagnose me. And I was like, I'm dying. And they were like, well, maybe it's in your head. Well, a fibromyalgia is the new diagnosis for, you know, pain Everything. when they can't, yeah, when they, when they have no diagnosis and they label it fibromyalgia. Yeah. And, and so what it is, is that it's toxicity and toxicity is anything stress that causes inflammation in your body. So it's like, it's in our, like chemicals in our food and our water and the air yeah. and, and, you know, medications, uh, vaccines, but also trauma. Okay. So uh, you know, unresolved trauma causes a lot of stress in your body. You're yeah. always triggered or, you know, you're hypervigilant. Like that takes a lot of toll on your body. And if you don't do your work, you kind of like pick up more and more stress along the way, you know, and you have these coping mechanisms that usually like stress your body even more. And so you got to get rid of the stress. And so I, I started facilitating and I noticed that a lot of people with trauma had somatic illnesses like fibromyalgia. And I was telling them what I did because I was like in the best place of my life right before the pandemic. <laughs> uh, and then I saw I started seeing them get better. So that's when I kind of started lighting up dark corners. But because I had two nursing jobs, single mom, um, you know, I was kind of comfortable where I was. And it was hard to I was tired at the end of yeah. the day to do lighting up dark corners. So I never really got to it. All that to say, uh, you know, when you do what's right, you know, and you, you stay aligned with yourself and you, you know, like as I speak out, yeah, I lost my two jobs, but Hey, God was like, here I am. I'm opening the doors for you to do lighting up dark corners and you got to do it now. Amen. Um, so that's what I'm doing. And it's my true purpose and passion. I love it. Okay. Um, it makes all the trauma, which I have quite a bit, um, in my past worth it because now I can use that to share my story uh, with others and help others. But also I've created my whole, my heal program. And it's all about helping people get empowering them by giving them the tools and knowledge they need to start their own journey on their own, because it's great to see a therapist for one hour or once a week. Uh, but what happens the rest of the 24 out 24 seven, like that you need right. To know how to do it yourself. It's great to go see a therapist and talk, uh, but you need to really have the tools and knowledge and do it on your own. I like a Canadian frontline nurses. We always said as we were creating a new healthcare paradigm, we're not now right. because it's kind of pared down and fell apart with, we owed like more than half a million. Wow. Um, but we believed we don't believe in the patient mentality that the medical industry has where people are victims and they need something from the outside to come and heal them. It's very disempowering. And it's like our bodies are flawed. Like I believe mm. that people are active participants in their care. And when they're ready to heal, then we're here to educate them and guide them to do exactly that. Um, so that's what my programs are. So and lighting up dark corners is all about it's childhood trauma, but people don't realize everyone has childhood trauma. That's I right. believe that trauma is a part of life mm -hmm. and we are supposed to um, go and heal those parts of ourselves and turn it into wisdom so that we can give it back. And Ooh, we're supposed good. to become elders. We're supposed to become elders and give our wisdom to our kids. But now they just throw seniors in nursing homes and drug them up. Yeah. Uh, but we're losing so much, right? Um, so yeah, and, and I always tell people trauma is anything that disconnects you from yourself. And that could just be as a child, you can perceive even, for example, 
your mother having a baby and now paying more attention to that baby, you, a child can internalize that as, oh my God, I'm no longer lovable. I'm not enough. I'm not worthy. Right. And you go through life with these false beliefs that are automatic in your head. And, you know, you don't go for that successful career or you settle in relationships or you start mm -hmm. take, you know, addictions or whatever. So everyone has this kind of work to do. Uh, but that's what I do. I give people the tools and knowledge to like uh, turn that pain into wisdom. Mm -hmm. um, and it's all about going to the root cause because the medical industry, I mean, they're I kind of have to say this because I believe that all mental health illnesses is actually trauma. It's mm -hmm. just that people yes. have different coping mechanisms mm -hmm. and those coping mechanisms, the medical industry puts them at symptom, gives the, oh, you have these symptoms. I'm going to put you in this box and label you this. And so we can give you a pill that takes care of these symptoms. But these symptoms are really there to tell you something. Yes. And go back. And so it's all about that. Like I love, it's like just, and I'm very passionate. I'm always reading on trauma and things like that, a healing and stuff like that. So that's, that's what it's all about is really, again, helping people reconnect to their authentic self, because, you know, it's normal in life. Even if you had the best family, there's going to be times where you had to put a facade to be loved. And that's kind of the ego and the shadow work that we need to do. Mm -hmm. so, so, yeah, that's kind of like I'm really into like all that stuff. Well, I, I, your your passion comes comes through. I, I love it. I, I'm like, Oh, I want to check that out. I want to see <laughs> because do. just like you said that I think all of us have some traumas that are manifested in different ways. I, I believe that we're all vaccine injured on some level as well. You know, a, a, God did not. I mean, you think about this. You have this beautiful baby, this beautiful baby that's born. And all of a sudden you're injecting it saying, oh, God forgot to give you an immune system. You need this. You need that. And it's like, wow, I, I do believe and I do see a huge movement coming out for people that to go back to the basics. We are all realizing, you know, I had Dr. Artis on the show a couple of weeks ago, and he said. He said that big pharma, right, pharmaceuticals, pharmacia, they all they do is take what is in nature given by God and manipulate it to make yeah. money off of it. And it's true. And I think so many people are going back to the basics. You know, look yeah. at how many people are even just listening to the radio podcast again. We're not getting yeah. our, our information from the news anymore. You know, people are leaving the healthcare profession and they're saying, you know what? I don't need all that money. I'm just going to go homestead. I'm going to grow my own vegetables. I'm going to raise my kids. I'm, I, I don't believe in that system. And same for me. I still have my license, but I can't go back to a, to a big hospital system. There's just no way I would be a thorn in the side. And it would be like me going back to a bad relationship. Is yes. it comfortable? Sure. Maybe it is comfortable to get a paycheck every two weeks and not have to, you know, yeah. figure out how to get money. But no way. I would just be arguing with them all the time. And so how are you making money now, Sarah? Does this well, organization bring in some money? Well, yeah, I've just started. I was so focused on, I had to sell my house. So I knew when I spoke out, I was like, if they don't kill me, I, I could like, I, I, I was already in so much debt that I was like, I knew that, well, I, at least I have the house. Like I could just yeah. sell it. 
Um, I was so, um, I'm so grateful because when I spoke out, um, people, you know, at first when they like did, they defamed us, it was like a wave of hate, like it was awful, but also people's supporters found us because of that. And they, cause they can, they didn't know who the, that we even existed. And so I got a huge wave, a wave of support and yeah. people started transferring money into my account. Mm -hmm. So I was actually able to keep my house for another year. Um, and I sold it in the best time. Uh, so I kind of still have some, uh, some of that left, but, but yeah, it's kind of like running out now. So, but I am uh, taking advantage of building up, lighting up dark corners. And I, I've just started, I was really big on Canadian frontline nurses. You know, I was a main speaker and like all doing social, I was doing so much that I couldn't really focus on lighting up dark corners. But now that we've pared down, um, I'm really, my focus is like really here now with lighting up dark corners and I'm mm -hmm. seeing like, okay, you know, I just, I just had to put time into it. So it's, it's coming and it's, I, I love it. I'm excited. That is so great. And I hear you. I, I tell people all the time, I said, God doesn't send it, take us to the fire and not see us through it. And yes. the same with me, when I spoke out, I had no idea you know, what was going to come. And I wasn't even going to get put up a give, send, go. And my, um, you know, 30 year old son was like, are you effing crazy? I'm going to create a give, send, go for you. Cause you're going to need money, mom. How, what do you think you're just doing this all on your own? People yeah. are going to support you and they have, and it's helped me with Here my, with my, um, lawyers and uh, even donating, like I've donated to you guys because I was you. just like, we need to be in this fight together. And yes. then now with my new membership community, which I hope you, um, become a part of, cause I think oh, it would wow. be a, an amazing addition, um, at Jody O'Malley, rn.com. I will be releasing the truth movement and I want to get women of faith, you know, that have been through, you know, anxious, lonely, fearful, losing their careers, their family, their friends, and people like you, people like me, people that are out there listening right now, we're coming together and we are creating a movement of change. We are going yeah. to empower women. And I think you, I would love to have you on as a guest speaker as well with uh, lighting up dark corners. Cause I think Ooh. you can shed a lot of light into that. And that. yeah. Oh girl, it's happened. I mean, it's done. It's like, you know, All this right. is how God works. It's yes. like, oh, here, here's this, here's that, here, and and now the remnant is coming together, and we are going to be more bolder, more stronger, more of a force to be reckoned with, and the enemy will have any clue what to do with, and yes. I and I proclaim that like right now, so that's happening. Um, like I said, I know that I wish I had so much more time with you, but let, let's <laughs> talk about this gender dysphoria because I'm very curious about that. You know, I, I was listening to um, a podcast. Um, have you ever heard of Rabbi Jonathan Kahn? No. Okay. He's amazing. I'll send you a link. I'll okay. actually post it in the show here too. Uh, he has a book out that's called Return of the Gods. And he talks about the spirit world, right? Like we're all spirits. Just we're just in flesh right now. We're yes. you know, walking on this earth, but when a nation turns away from God, you know, that's when the spirits can come back in. And he likens it to America. America, we were a beacon of hope. Mm 
Um, we are everything about us was on the principles of God and the Ten Commandments, and that's what we followed as a as a nation. And then how what happened in the '60s with the um, abortion, and we've sacrificed you know more than 60 million children to the altar of Baal through abortion and removing the women from, you know, then we had the sex movement of the sixties and women, you know, walking, you know, naked and being like, I am woman, hear me roar. And I guess, yes, I believe that as well, but you know, the public school system, taking the mom out of the home, you know, we're not raising our children anymore, et cetera, et cetera. So that's what I believe is happening um, now with these with what we see, because every single person will tell you, no matter if you're left or right, this shit is crazy. <laughs> That's what they'll say that right. everything around us just does not make sense. So right. That's one of them. Hmm. Yes. Yeah. Talk to me about this oh. gender dysphoria. Okay. Yeah. So I have something to say about that too, because they're really so, okay. So to start from the beginning, I actually identified as a boy, as a child. What? Um, oh, I wow. identified as a boy, as a child. And it was how because- old? How old were you? Um, it started for as, as long as we can remember. As soon as I could say no to a dress, my mom can put one on. Uh, it stemmed from being sexually abused by my grandfather between the ages of like three and five. Um, I, I internalized being a girl as being a weakness and making me vulnerable. So like wearing dresses never- uh, my mom had to call me Peter when she called me from the park because I had told everyone like I was a, like literally a boy. I thought I had a penis and I would be like, my mom would be like, I can't see it. And I'd be like, it's just small and brush her off. Um, and when I became a teenager, it was really difficult because now my body was completely betraying me and I was trying to hide it and I and I couldn't. But, you know, eventually I got over it. And as I did my healing, I realized like, um, you know, I, it's because we're so disconnected. Like there's a disconnection. If you think that you're them, they, there's a personality disorder there, yeah. um, you know, and they're, instead of helping these kids go to the root cause and reconnect to themselves to heal, as I say, they are disconnecting them even further. Can you imagine, um, mm -hmm. you know, instead of doing the work, you're getting a sex change. It's sexual abuse. It's atrocious. I don't know if you've seen pictures, but like if I was born today, I would be on the hormones. I would have had mastectomies. They literally take a piece of your arm and it shows forever and mm -hmm. make a penis with it that might never function. Well, and that's they, yeah. so many infections, so many, uh, you know, it's, it's just crazy. And so these kids, they're actually a lot more messed up afterwards. I mean, we live mm -hmm. in a society that's so disconnected. It's normal that as a teenager, you're going to feel unbalanced, you're going to feel, you know, a lot right. of teenagers will get suicidal thoughts, like we need to take care of our teenagers. Yeah. Uh, but instead, we're actually, well, I say we, I mean, like society, yeah. we're actually disconnecting them more. And the suicide rate is actually increased here in yeah. Canada, you're not allowed to help tell your child not to transition, you can go to jail for trying to help them. Uh, uh, it's that. a law now. Uh, so in all in the whole country. Yeah. Oh so I tell God. people, I tell people when the World Economic Forum says that we will own nothing and we'll be happy, they're talking about our kids, it's time to wake up. And, and this whole thing, like I said, it goes like, like, it, they're just disconnected. And when you're disconnected, and you don't stand in your power, people are like, Oh, how did you speak up? 
because I'm connected and I stand in my truth. Yeah. Um, and I stand in truth. Mm-hmm. But they, they've done such a good job in our society and culture to detach people so much that people don't know who they are. And it's all about like numbing and not feeling. And we all know you need to feel stuff to heal. Yes. Uh, but it's like, oh, no, give them this pill. Give them that pill. Like, you know, transition them, give them a penis. Like, how is that going to fix anything? Yeah. Um, so it's really, really, and here in Canada, on top of it, um, you know, so there, it's like if the state is taking over your kid, if you, and I would have been that kid, like if my parents didn't let me, I would have been like, oh, yes, you will. And, yep. you know, I was a big time rebel and I had a lot of issues and it was like, I would have been owned by the medical industry, no problem. And I would have never done my work. And I wouldn't have learned how to stand in my truth. First of all, I wouldn't have my three beautiful daughters because um, it's also kind of depopulation, right? Because these kids yes. can't kid. Um, But I wouldn't have stand, like done my work. I don't think I would have been able to heal. And so I wouldn't have been empowered to stand in my truth and then speak out no matter what the consequences, because I know that, you know, nothing else matters but to be like your true self, uh, your authentic self. And so this is what they're doing. They're taking away people that can help us through this movement. And our kids won't be, won't say anything. And the next generation will just completely comply. So it's very important Mm -hmm. that we wake up to this and that we do our own work and reconnect to ourselves. And my heal program does that. Um, And so that we reconnect to our own, because if we're not connected, we cannot help our children uh, regulate their emotions neither. And so they are also disconnecting to ensure that they survive within the family unit. Right. Wow. Um, that yeah. is, that is, that's crazy. I, I do understand. I, I could totally see it. I mean, I think, you know, prior to the last couple of years, this would have been a diagnosis of gender dysphoria, right? Of multiple personality disorder. You think you're a boy, but you're not a boy, you know? And, and how they just so quick, boom, just like, just as fast as COVID came in and all of the doctors and nurses complied with this horrific protocol, horrific protocol overnight, they were, they were told, this is what we're going to do for this. And you are going to abandon all known science, all known protocol that you would normally do for a respiratory infection, let's say. And yes. people complied. Then all of a sudden, now they're saying, and they're teaching this in colleges of nursing and, and for physicians that this isn't a mental health disorder, you know? And it's like, what are you talking about? We know better, but if we don't speak up, then our culture is going to completely and massively shift. And our kids are going to think that that's normal and they're going to forget, you know, everything that we've known that is going to be gone. And I mean, for me, like I said, I believe we're in end times and, you know, and that's just fine by me because like you, if I did not speak up, I would not be able to sleep. I would not be able to look at myself in a mirror and I'd rather not be here on earth. So come what may, if, you know, nobody perishes from this earth without God allowing it to happen. Right. And so if it was my time to go, when it's my time to go, I'm ready. And that is what, 
you know, we, we need other people to understand and live and yes. learn. And thank God you have your three beautiful daughters that can go out and procreate, right? Yes. Yes, <laughs> exactly. Yeah, it's crazy. How, um, when did you realize that, when did you start doing the work and healing and realizing that it was the sexual abuse trauma that made you not want to be a girl anymore? And I could understand that. I think that's probably true for thousands of people. Yes, it it, it is. And it could be other things too. It could be your parents wanted a, a boy and you're a girl and it's always been a pro- like, it could be so many things, but it's like society just plays on it. Right. Oh, you have this fear. Let me like bring you this way. Like mm-hmm. it's it's really corrupt. Um, I forget what the question was now. Um, oh, when when did you start? When did oh, you yeah. start healing from that? So throughout my life, I kind of knew that I was affected by it. Um, mm-hmm. that maybe it had a connection to that. I I kind of knew. Um, I also always gravitated um towards much older men, and my mom would often say like. Like I married at the, you know, at 18, a 33 year old who was supposedly a refugee, but that's a complete other story. Oh my gosh. I, was, I have a lot of stories. I'm going to write a book. You should write a book. I was 16 <laughs> to a 29 year old. I wonder if I had some trauma in my life that I didn't know. Well, there's, you know, maybe you're looking for a father figure or maybe like there's so many, yeah, yes. there's so many things that it could, it could be. And it's cool when you know, you can actually like create new responses, but that's another but yeah, but as I did my work and learned how it works, um, because what really helped me to like doing support groups is that you realize that you're super normal. What everything that you've done to yourself is super normal for what you've been through. And so you can let go of that shame and self-acceptance can slowly come in and forgive self-forgiveness and then self-care and self-love. Right. Um, so I, I, I was sure I had, it's crossed my mind all my life, but I was sure about it. And when I started doing my work, it was like, oh yeah, definitely. This is what it is. And I was, you know, when you're abused at a young age, sexually, you have a re-victimization is a real thing. Like you're at risk for, to be assaulted again. And I was throughout my life. So it was always like, I didn't want to be a girl. And I was like, look, uh, it's happening and I'm dressed like a boy. Like, you know what I mean? So I kind of knew, but I never, it wasn't conscious really. Uh, But when I did my work, it became very, very like, you know, it, it was, it's so obvious. It's so, yeah, no, I hear you. And it clicked, you know what I mean? It clicked. Like it was like, oh yeah, I I knew that's what it was. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. I know the other, I don't know, a few months ago, I, I'm working with a, a coach as well. And, and, you know, I realized I was like, from the weight gain and stuff, because I gained a lot of weight through COVID and, oh, yeah. um, and through the whistleblowing, you know, that yeah. was my comfort. Yes. And, and I, I told him, I said the other, you know, a while ago, cause I'm already down 10 pounds, but, um, I said to him, I go, I broke up with my boyfriend and he said, Oh, I, I didn't know that you were dating anybody. And I said, I was, his name was food. And we met together in the bed every night. <laughs> oh, yes. I know that. <laughs> I was like, I'm not eating in my bed anymore, you yes. know, because then it was, it, that's how I, that's how I numbed myself from yes, all of, of the course. stress, you know, but yeah. 
Sarah, you are amazing. And I just know that this is just the beginning of our friendship and, oh, awesome. and working Thank together. You. Yes. I, yes. I that. So tell us your links again. Oh, okay. So, well, I guess you're in the States, so I don't have to share the, like, because if people wanted to watch the public hearing, it's quite like a soap opera kind of thing. Uh-huh. Um, they can, they can call the college and ask for uh, the links, but I'm not sure if they check if you're from the States, but I think I gave it to you. So you did. I actually, it. here, I have it right now. Um, I did email. Um, I'm emailed. Uh, let's see. I'll, I'll say it. It's Sarah's. at cno case at gmail.com. Oh, hotmail. no, no. So this, this is different. This is um, to watch the public hearing. That it's, So it's a public hearing, but it's censored by the college. It's oh. crazy. And so people have to email them at hearingsadministrationgroup at cnomail.org. And they have to ask for the links to and reference uh, my case. And it's, it's a disaster. People have been blocked. People are not getting the links. Like, it's just, I'll put, I'll put that all in the show notes as well. Okay. But to donate and I tell people, people don't like to hear donate and we've donated so much, but I tell people, especially Canadians, like this is an investment. This is the future of healthcare for your kids, for future generations. Um, so I kind of like rather say it like that. Like I want people to realize, uh, yeah. but you can send and I take so we can get e-transfers at Sarah's CNO case at hotmail.com. So S-A-R-A-H-S-C-N-O-C-A-S-E at hotmail.com. Or they can send to my give, send, go at give, send, slash forward SOS underscore F O R underscore S R S A R A H. Perfect. And then you have lighting up dark corners.com. Oh yes. And, um, and I, yes, I'm very censored there too. I'm actually creating a new website because Wix has completely, I can't send um, emails to anyone with a hotmail or a Gmail. <laughs> And that's everybody has Gmail. Oh my goodness. Yeah. It's oh, just ridiculous. Girl, the, the Lord will get out your message to the people. Yes. But please subscribe because I'm going to transfer them all anyways. Yes. Transfer them all and use <laughs> it. All right, guys. What an amazing conversation. And with Sarah, another hero. I absolutely hope that she inspires you. And, and go check out her links and, and see what's, you know, what's going on. I know that there's a lot of us that are dealing with traumas, just like she said, my eyes were opened a couple of times, you know, hearing her talk and I can't wait to have her in my community at jodyomalleyrn.com. That is going to shut down on October 20th. Uh, and then all the founding members that are in that group, we are going to work closely together and then release it back to the public in 2024. And so that's all the time we have for today, friends. But until next time, guys, we will be here to empower and encourage and educate you on ways that you can, on things that you can do moving forward. I love you all. God bless. It's time.